Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Three Devs and a Maybe. I am joined today by my co-host who hasn't been on for a while actually so it's good to have him back uh, mr lewis Keynes, how are you doing oh, hello i thought you were going to talk about fraser then oh no, i was back <laughs> last, last week i'm like you <laughs> yeah apology yeah i know i sorry i've been bad last couple of weeks but I've been been a little bit busy and i did see a tweet from somebody asking where me and fraser were so uh, i didn't respond to it unfortunately but thank you very much for that and uh, i am safe and well and i am yes. back this week good and good it's lovely to be here what good. was that guy's name uh, statistically, Steve. Steve. <laughs> statistically, Steve. That was his name. That was it. Uh, and my other co-host, Fraser Hart. Hello, How are you doing, man. Yeah, good. And you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, I've got a, a whole week of web development under my belt since coming back now, and uh, yeah, pretty much straight back in the swing of things. How's that been there? Has it felt a bit weird? Is there like stuff that you felt like you? Completely forgot, or not really? No, because while I was away, I was thinking about or trying to think about web dev, and I was like, I'm going to have forgotten everything by the time we get back. But it's yeah, it's all kind of come flooding back to me. So I'm, I'm kind of yeah, knuckles deep in in the same same projects that I was working on before I went away. A certain yeah. one that you've worked on before as well. So uh, yeah, no, no way, is that still hanging around? It kind of it hung around, then it got released, then it kind of came back, came back, it, didn't you know, it? All, all kinds of issues there. Um, I don't know if you want me to to kind of elaborate, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can if you want. I don't. Yeah, know yeah, it's, yeah. Go for it. I think I mentioned before. Anyway, they they wanted to host it themselves, so we we developed yes. all the code, and then they signed it off and said, "Yeah, that's fine. Can we have the code?" So we gave them the code, and then they struggled. To, so they had a a developer in in air quotes um, who's going to set it up in <laughs> on their server for them um, and set the server up, and it basically turned out that he kind of sold himself a bit higher than than he was, and he didn't know how to set the server up, and he couldn't get the code running on on their server. Um, so cannot believe they've ratted me out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it took them about a month to actually get the, the code running on their server. Um, and then in the in the process, their developer kind of made a lot of changes to to the code and stuff. And then now they're discovering bugs that quite rightly some some of them are bugs from from our end because with a, with a project that size, you can't you yeah. can't get something completely bug free. So we're happy to to fix those but it's kind of the the amount of time that goes into investigating well is this one of our bugs or is this one of their bugs um it yeah it's quite a time consuming process and quite frustrating as well when it when it comes to we're yeah. getting these emails saying oh why doesn't this work and it's like well cuz your code's different to the code that we supplied you with so it's technically not down to us do you yeah. know from from looking at the code when there's a bug whether it's more likely to have been mike or ed <laughs> that, that uh, pretty much it. always Ed, to be honest, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, know, I know he can talk the talk. He can't actually do the. Uh... <laughs> no, yeah, Mike. Because for for the listeners, Michael and Ed both worked on this project, and I took it over from them when they left the company. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's great code. They've, they've done a fantastic I job. S- spent half my time cleaning up Ed's code. I hate to throw him in front of a bus, but. He was just awful, really shambolic. Code. After all the stuff I taught him as well, unbelievable. There was something as well that came back. Mm. But after after uh, we we gave it to them, they came back and they said their developer had found a line in there that just said "echo cheese." <laughs> 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 and then obviously you guys were talking about echo cheese like yesterday, well, not yesterday, last week. And I was like, "Oh, so that's where it's come from." <laughs> that's yeah. Amazing. 
Oh, wow. So, me, we got one. Why, why is there a picture of Ian Botham on my website? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's just my go-to. Whenever I need a sample image, I have a picture of Ian Botham on my on my desktop. And why not? What If it wasn't Ian Botham, who would it be? Exactly. You Donald Duck? Yep, got that one as well. On there, anything, would you? That'd be disgusting. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Ian Botham, beautiful. Fraser, how are the, um, I don't know how to say it without saying what it actually was, but the um, the agricultural-based website that, I worked on greatly. To be honest, before I went away, um, I don't think they were doing too well because they'd gone through the 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 young lady that we we used to deal with. Um, she she left, and then they had someone else, and then she left very quickly, and they had someone else, and then she's left. Um, but yeah, since I've been back, I've I've not heard, I've not even heard the name of that business since I've been back. So whether yeah, whether they've disappeared and gone elsewhere, or whether the the business is is no longer a business, I might have a quick look now actually. It's still going. It still looks identical. So, uh, yeah, yeah. When was the last news item put up? Oh, I, d- I didn't look into that much depth. Okay. So, look. Uh, what about modules? All the modules. Oh, latest depth. news: twenty third of July. So, oh no, that's going. that's just today. That's the that's oh. just the oh, point. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the clock. Sorry, you're just looking at the date there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they've got something that went up this morning. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they're definitely still in business. Apparently. Oh. Should point out that we're recording here. Mike's not actually wearing any clothes again. That's the point. Yeah. On. Got a towel. He's been, he's been for a run. Yeah, so he's looking for all a run and sweaty. Four miles, always four miles. To anyone that follows him on Twitter, point one. Before four point one. one. He, and all uh, who follows him on Strava. <laughs> yeah, follow fitness. me on Strava yeah. if, you, uh, if you're interested. Yeah, I want some Strava fitness followers. Not improving. Fraser's on there as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting my bike back this weekend because it was it's been for a little service since I came back. So yeah, I picked it up at the right. weekend. So I'm going to start smashing out some miles on the bike as well. Excellent. Yeah. Fra- ah, Fraser, this is what I wanted to say. Well, first of all, this is obviously something you don't see every day. But last time I spoke to you, uh, uh, you were obviously going to be. No, it wasn't last time I spoke to you. I think it was a couple of podcasts back. You talked about you were um, you were down in Plymouth or something like that, and you'd gone down there to to practice. Uh, Practice the boat, whatever that means. Yeah. Not a, but you couldn't do it because it had been full up of water. Yes. <laughs> and um, and listening to that podcast, one of the things I said to you was, well, at least you know your boat is safe. Yes. <laughs> After all the, I, know, I know you obviously spoke curse. about a lot this last week, but yeah. you know, I again, something we don't normally say today, but I haven't spoke to you since you were nearly drowned in the Pacific. No, I, so, I, spoke, uh, I spoke to you briefly, didn't Because when I was in the US, I was driving somewhere and then... I got a message over Skype from Ed, and then I called, and I'm sure you were we, you on the call, or was it just Ed? No, I spoke I spoke oh, to on. you the day before you flew out. Right, okay. Sorry, that was you, yeah. Michael, was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, Lewis. Um, I, literally, oh, we got one word from you, which was a swear word, and that was it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I, yeah, I kind of thought, oh, I hope they're, they're recording, because I was like driving down the motorway, and uh, yeah, trying to, get, trying to get, this is obviously very safe, but like driving down the motorway with my uh, with my, my phone in front of my face, trying to get in on the, uh, on the three devs action, but. Yeah, it didn't work out too well. The network wasn't too good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Lou, you you said you had a mm. bit of a topic to bring up or something. Oh, I've got a few. Well, I haven't oh, got, well. well, a couple. Well, no, uh, things have been things have gone pretty busy at work, and yeah. just varying things have cropped up. And uh, well, the first one that that cropped up today is uh, basically a website that we've got. The domain is hosted elsewhere away from us. And we're now taking it on. So I had to give the guy our IP address so he could change all his A records and stuff over. And um, initially, when he did it, the change was reflected without the www in front of the URL, right. but not with it. Have you guys experienced that before? Even though he said that he'd obviously updated both DNS records. Is that something you guys have ever seen? 
So no. if you type the website in with www. Yeah. You're getting a completely different result than. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen that only when they yeah. don't. Yeah, when they don't update the WW and the non WW. Yeah. But if he says it's yeah. done both, then. Exactly. So he said to me that I need to do this DNS flush thing. This. He yeah. said, "Try a DNS flush. If that doesn't work, try doing an IPS config flush." And yeah. I thought, not wanting to sound stupid, I just went, "Yeah, okay then." And uh, <laughs> started googling it and. Yeah, it was none the wiser, really, after even looking at it. And eventually it propagated and it was fine anyway. But I thought, have, have you guys ever done anything to do with that? Or Yeah, I, well, I've done similar things. So, I, Does it, is it Intel SSH into to your server or what? What's the deal? So, well, uh, so if I explain the issue I had this week, I think it might help, maybe. So, like, obviously, your DNS records, obviously, like the Internet's phone book, blah, 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 that, you yeah. know, and it points you into a certain direction. Well, I had an issue this week where I changed um, internet provider. And basically, I, I could use Skype, I could do all kinds of stuff, but I couldn't actually access a web page. And that was because of a DNS issue where um, it was going off to my new provider to get the DNS records, and it wasn't getting anything back. So I changed my um, internal DNS settings to go and look at open DNS, and suddenly I was getting web pages and stuff. But I think I had to do a similar thing with the DNS flush and all that kind of stuff. They just clear all the history and get rid of it. But I don't think it always works, and that's it's kind of that's beyond my understanding. To be Where did you me. actually do the flush? So because mine was like a local thing, so I could just open yeah. up terminal and did it. But like you said, you would have to like SSH every, every, and yeah, everything I saw was how to do these things locally. And I thought, well, if that was a problem, that that I'd be all right with that. But yeah, yeah, I was obviously looking up DigitalOcean and stuff like that, trying to find out. How you know? Can you do a DNS flush through DigitalOcean or what? And couldn't find anything. Yeah, you could do really it via weird. SSH, but I'd, I'd be surprised if that would have been the issue. Did you resolve it then in the end, or it just propagated in the end? It was. It took That's uh, the thing, nearly, 20, it? nearly twenty-four hours just longer than the other one, but just it got there. Yeah, that's it. it was, I think the it best was way to do it is just send an email to Jez, and then he'll hopefully do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the other the other thing that cropped up this week was um, again with DigitalOcean. I've been migrating a load of our sites over onto it. I finally managed to persuade my company to um, to let me stick some of the newer things on DigitalOcean. Oh, awesome. You got you guys are both using that now, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've yeah. Been very little yeah. with it, but yeah, I've, I've got it and I've got a site on there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. I, I just like it because it's obviously you get to set it up exactly how you want. And the thing I like the most is that I can just use Git to deploy backwards and forwards. And now, yeah. I, now I haven't got to manually FTP all my all my changes and stuff. Yeah. And um, one of the sites that I put onto it had um, it's got a Mac, quite a big file upload facility. It's like a data room, so the clients can store all files and things within it. And um, it wasn't working. It wasn't uploading. And one way or another, eventually I got, I got to the issue that it was in my PHP in my PHP.ini file. So yeah. it was the first time I've ever had to like properly mess around with that kind of configuration. Yeah. And um, I was wondering if you guys knew the two things in the in the PHP INI file that you have to change to make it to be able to up, to upload files. Basically, the file was too big. Is it so, the max, oh, max post size file? Yeah, max post size. Yeah, yeah. max. There's one for array size as well, isn't there? Like number of characters in an array or something. And but yeah, I think it's like max underscore upload underscore upload max size? file size oh, and right. post max size. Yeah. yeah. Those were the two. So, yeah, that was quite a cool learning curve yesterday, messing around with all that stuff. Oh, and always restart your Apache server after you do yep. any of that stuff. Otherwise, yeah. you'll be hitting refresh frantically. I tend to, anything like that, I mean, if, if I know it's going to be site-specific, that they need a big upload, then I'll do it in uh, 
either HD access or you know just make a new any file uh, in your local folder because that will overwrite the master one. So you can just yeah, change yeah. it for that local site rather than. Uh, yeah, I, don't know why I, I often don't do these things in the HTXS file. I normally just go straight for the straight for the thing. But I suppose in a, on a live server, you want to probably be doing stuff project by project, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, what's going on with my hair? Uh, at least you got some. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> on video this evening. Yeah. <laughs> So, Fraser, you had a, a good week then, other than uh, getting back into code. It's been fine, mate. Yeah, um, I yeah. can't remember what I've done. Um, nothing too excited to, to to report. We've got a few projects going on in the office. Um, I'm currently doing uh, or trying to find a bit of time to to put a quote together for a freelance project as well. But I think that's going to be a bit of a bit of a mammoth one. Um, so, yeah, kind of. Oh, that was the one that you talked to us about. That's correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I was I was away over the weekend. Mate, and not I, a problem I at all. To respond to that, but I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be able to at the moment. I'm afraid. No, that's, that's not a problem at all. Um, yeah, so I'm going to kind of put, get well. Hopefully, spend a bit of time to put a quote together for that because it's quite a quite a comprehensive system that, that they're after. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be quite a quite a lot of mm. time that, that's going to have to be quoted for. But uh, yeah, that's so, a big project, isn't it? Yeah, it really I, is, I, yeah. I sort of read the spec and I was thinking, uh, yeah, baby on the way, yeah. probably not. To be honest, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Have you just decided that you wanted to do it yourself then, or? No, um, or could you not find anyone I, I else? Think so, yeah, it's kind of it's a mate of mine, so I, I, yeah, I kind of potentially, yeah. Um, I, I think it's they want to. I think they want to move quite quickly. So I think they want to move quicker than I'm going to be able to. Because obviously, having a full time job, I can only dedicate a certain amount of time to it. But it's, it's so it's going to be a hell of a lot of work. So I'm going yeah. to quote for it, and but be re- realistic with with the time that it's it is going to take and how how soon they can expect to actually have a prototype and how soon they can actually expect to have the the final thing done um so yeah if, if that scares them away then yeah so be it but yeah i'm i'm kind of steering clear of any major freelance work now i've i've, I've learned the hard way over the last couple of months that trying to combine full time yeah. and and lots of freelance is uh, is a life killer oh so. you had like four projects on the go at one oh. stage didn't you yeah, it's it's so weird because they've they've gone live and they're both gone live with bits still to come from from my clients, but those bits still haven't arrived. It seems to just be this weird thing of of just having massive gaps in time between communication between between you and them. like either either a freelance or just at work or whatever. It's weird. Like in the beginning, it's all about when's you know when you're going to be able to meet this deadline and when can this be done and when can this be done and when it comes down to it, it just never gets never gets done. It's so weird. Even if you've got the best will in the world, you know, it's a two-way street for all of it, isn't it? It's not. It's not all down to the developer. And it's. I mean, not to not to blow my own trumpet, but it's never been my fault that anything's been late. So, yeah. you know, it seems to be a bit of a weird one. But there we go. It's a bit of a stressful time at the minute, then. Not stressful, just busy. Just yeah. busy. It's, uh, the nature of my of where I am is that. Basically, if if the if the design side of things takes off and gets really busy, then kind of the web side of things plays secondary to that because it's yeah. it is predominantly a design business. So yeah. recently, like all the designers there have got literally nothing going on at the moment. I don't know if it's just a seasonal thing or whatever, but now now the attention's turning back to the web things and it's all coming back, you know, back together. And I'm I'm obviously the only developer there, so I've got. I don't know four or five things that have hit me in the last few days. So yeah, pretty flat out at the minute. Yeah, but it's it's a good problem. I mean, obviously the days are going by. It's just trying to trying to get everything done and trying to allocate an equal amount of energy to each thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, not trying to rush everything. So yeah, trying to find that balance. But it's all right. It's uh, it's going okay. 
getting the balance is definitely hard yeah yeah how's your how's your life work <laughs> impending fatherhood uh yeah else? It's, it's all good um uh, I'm trying to think what if I've done anything exciting kind of work-wise, not not really. I kind of just keep reading a bit more, really getting into kind of design patterns at the moment, just learning more about that. Uh, like I said, you guys, I really got out of all the web stuff, really, when I've been doing my uni stuff. So just trying to learn a few things and uh, also did a bit of prep for this podcast. And, uh, yeah, other than that, kind of privately, me and Abby now, after we wouldn't move, we kind of seen a house that we really, really want. Um, so... Yeah, we kind of been told today that we potentially could have a mortgage in principle for it. So, whereas we didn't think we would. So, it's same us, area, or uh, it's a, about ten minutes away. Um, oh, awesome. it's like a a free bed house. It's not huge, but it's got a massive, massive, massive garden. Uh, yeah, like you could literally have like a five side football pitch there. So I, I can't. I'm really hoping we get it, and yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll have you guys all over for a barbecue. Oh, or something. That'd be great. Are you renting, or are you do you own at the moment? Or you yeah, we own. Yeah, oh, right. and um, basically we we went to estate agents today, and uh, we were just we had no idea our house is worth what it was. So it was it was a good good surprise. So, um, but yeah, it's one of these sale by tender things. So it's like an auction. So there's no guarantees we're going to get it, but um, I'll keep you updated. Yeah. So you stand there with a, a rolled up newspaper against your head and then kind of pull it away. Yeah. You want to put a bid in. <laughs> exactly. But um, I have to show it to you guys, but literally it's like two houses in the middle of nowhere. So you could have like amazing like summer parties there and stuff. So yeah, I'll keep posted. I'm sure the listeners are riveted by this conversation. But yeah. <laughs> Three devs do mortgage advice. You know, yeah. we, cover every, we just cover everything exactly, on this show. Exactly. But uh, uh, obviously, Ed'll be devastated if we don't get onto hot picks. So, uh, anyone got any uh, hot picks this week? This is where the deadly silence comes. I, I've oh. been I've been spending a, well, basically, pretty much all my free time right now has gone back into just completely throwing myself in the deep end with Laravel. So, I don't know for the, a month or so now, I've been really getting back into that. And uh, yeah, can't say. I mean, we had Taylor on obviously a few weeks back. Uh, did you hear that one, Fraser? I did. Yeah. Yeah, very impressed. Yeah, I, was I thought, I thought that was a really big good guns show. while I was away. Yeah, it was good. It was brilliant. You know, we had uh, obviously Dale on and then Taylor at well as well, and they were both brilliant guests. They were really open to all our questions, so it was it was it's quite surreal to be speaking to him, wasn't it, Mike? But it was it was great at the same time. It was surreal, but uh, yeah, he was just really down to a normal guy, and yeah, I was. I don't know. We got some got some good comments. I think one guy put on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, the best interview that he'd heard with with Taylor done so far, and I thought that was that was yeah. a nice thing to hear. Yeah, he was a really sound bloke, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. So Has anybody I've, yeah, else been... heard uh, Ed's Ed's first interview with Phil Sturgeon? <laughs> I wasn't, we weren't allowed <laughs> to. Have you heard it? No, he heard said he's, well, he told me that he's deleted it, but whether or not he has. But I was very very up for listening to that because there was when I was listening to the podcast. I remember there was a couple of bits where. They were like, oh, last time we did the interview, like, and I was like, well, hang on, what, when was the last time? And then, yeah, so I had a little chat with him, and he's like, oh, yeah, he was, he kind of, he'd been out for a few he, drinks and came back, and he got yeah. speaking to Phil on uh, on Skype. He was so drunk, Fraser, that I could tell he was drunk on Skype, and that's through typing, not even necessarily <laughs> through typos either. Everything, let's assume everything was spelt perfectly, and I could yeah. still tell he was drunk. Imagine no what way. that must have been like. And Have he was saying to me, oh, I'm just about to do a podcast with Phil Sturgeon, and I thought, career suicide if I do that. <laughs> I just know apparently Phil said by the end of it that Ed just couldn't string a sentence together. It just literally made no sense. So <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> yeah. that's because he talks quite fast anyway. But then, yeah, when he's when he's had a few, it's, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, how about you, Fraser? Any hot picks at all? Um, Mario Kart Eight does that count? <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you told me you had that. Yeah, I bought, yeah. Like I, I kind of had uh, had visual, kind of the ideas before I went away of getting getting the Wii U when it came when it came out for Mario Kart Eight. And uh, yeah, I came back and stupidly, I can't really afford to at the moment, but yeah, stupidly did a, an impulse buy, but it's amazing. So, so I have one hot pick uh, and in classic. I, I have another one. Oh, I do? Okay, yeah. no worries. Uh, I have one and um, it's my usual way. I've not actually used this, so I'm just plugging it. And But basically someone showed me the other day, which is, it's like a, I believe it's um, an alternative to Photoshop, but I think it's £30 and it's called Pixelmator. And I will uh, Microsoft Paint or something like that. <laughs> Microsoft Paint, it's new, and uh, I, I, I use that to resize my images up to not that long ago. So uh, anyway, <laughs> has uses, it does. Um, yeah. yeah, Pixelmator. So uh, I, I really can't badge for it, but uh, I promise I would give the guy some credit who who said this to me, which is uh, who is sorry, uh, Sean Riley. He's our head of marketing at Extra Digital UK, and uh, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. He flits between our Canterbury and London office, so uh, get in contact with him if you have any uh, sort of SEO requirements or anything like that. But yeah, he gave me this pick, so uh, it looks pretty good. He was showing showing it to me the other day. So I was going to um, say, are you, are you taking bribes for hot picks now? Sorry, are you taking bribes for hot picks? Is this like I, a new? Uh, I can't confirm. Part or of the show. Is, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely sweet. plug people for money. Yeah, I'm, I'm shameless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I say give him a little plug, but. Yeah, it looks like a good little tool. So, um, I, will it will it work nice, like seamlessly with PSD files? Or I don't know that I that I honestly don't know. But um, yeah, that'll be interesting uh, to see. Actually, if it if it does, yeah, yeah. Then that could be awesome. Because I'm just looking for a reason to get rid of Photoshop anyway. Well, yeah, it's I like Photoshop. It's no, it's fine. It's just really heavy, and I don't know. It's maybe just because I'm sick of using it, and I, I don't know. It's buggy on Mac, isn't it? It'll just crash like out of the blue. Or, yeah, can do. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and it's worth expensive. Out. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because we all pay for it. <laughs> of course. No, I actually don't really have no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a liar. Uh, my other hot pit, yeah, I said I've been messing around with Laravel a little bit. What I've been building is like a, a project. You know, I was saying about these um, data room things earlier on, about the uploading files and, and all that stuff. I've kind of based that as a project for my Laravel learning. Cause yeah. I, it's it's a product at work that seems to sell quite well, and I figure if I, you know, I quite like to try and make one of these myself. Just be, you know, it could be a good thing to carry with me going forward, and it might be something that someone's always interested in anyway. But I've been um, dabbling with the Dropbox API with that, and it's and it all seems very nice and easy to work with. I don't know if you guys have ever used it. Oh, you say Dropbox API? Yeah. Oh, cool. No, I've not actually. So it's quite nice to use. Oh, it's dead easy. You, um, I installed it just through Composer and. Uh, yeah, the documentation is fantastic. So, so what it, are you doing to that end then? What are you using it for? Uh, just to store the files off, offline, store them oh, on right. a separate server. Yeah, rather oh, than plugging cool. up my own. Very I, nice. Uh, have you guys used any of the external servers before, like Amazon and all that stuff? Oh, no. No. Uh, it was my first dabble with doing something like that, but I thought, obviously, rather than jamming up your own server. Yeah, no, that's um, a great idea. Obviously, uh, obviously takes a bit longer, I guess, but, you yeah. know, if... Yeah. So yeah, I, I can I can definitely plug that one. Yeah. Nice send me a link and uh, we'll put it in the it's, show notes. It works so. a lot like most things. You just create an app with it, and then you get your OAuth tokens and and uh, 
connect to it that way and then you've just got the whole API at your disposal and the, the calls are really simple to use and yeah the best thing is obviously the documentation you know that's important and yeah yes. it's really nice and easy to navigate and uh, and in English so yeah I think you uh, hit the nail on the head there good documentation is the key isn't it it is king yes absolutely we, we need Fraser to refresh his video yeah it's quite scary yeah <laughs> Classic IT phrase. Um, so, yeah, I, I have got a topic for this week. I've kind of done some notes, but if you two, did you two have any other kind of uh, topics that you wanted to talk about before I go into that? I, I have to, Sorry, Fraser, you go. Yeah. Lou, please go cool. for it, because I, I could do with some filler before I get into the uh, killer. Some, into the, to the meat of the Yeah. Meat. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just wanted to run by you guys that, you know, quite an important topic in PHP or a concept that I've heard banded around quite a lot whether my understanding of it is correct according to i think you talked about using it the other day you were messing around with some refactoring of your stuff mike and you were uh, looking at dependency injection and stuff like that yes and yes. i was i was thinking dependency injection i've heard this term banded around and i think i know what it means yeah but i thought i just kind of because i'm sure there's probably a lot of people out there particularly like the, the the lesser experience that hear these words banded around but do they know what they mean yeah and uh yeah, dependency injection. To me, that is that basically when you're using a class and you need to bring in another class to that, rather than instantiating it within like your method or whatever, you actually inject it into your construct, and then you kind of use it that way. With I guess the the idea yeah. being that you only, you know, whatever you inject is is obviously then flexible in case you ever need to change what you're using within it. Yeah, that's kind I, of the idea. That's pretty much spot on. I mean, like with anything, there's you know so many different ways to skin a cat and but yeah that, that's i think that's quite a popular way of doing it where you um you'll actually pass in like a dependency injector container into the construct yeah and then you reference everything that way or i've just done this recently actually in some code at work where i've got like a static class i've just created something very simple where i literally just have some key value pairs of objects that have already been instantiated and i literally do a simple check say look does it exist if it does bring it back because I had dependency hell where I had all kinds of stuff going on. I didn't know if an object had already been um, instantiated, so I ended up with like seven versions of an object, yeah. which is crazy. But yeah, you pretty much just the way you would just discuss it is definitely probably one of the most popular ways of doing it. So, but yeah, yeah it's, it is one of those kind of concepts or piece of terminology that sounds more complicated than it is actually. Uh, but it's like anything; you can go as complicated as you want, or you could just do something very minimal. So. Uh, yeah, yeah I don't know. Laravel's got its own dependency injector container. Is that right? Um, I, in a lot of the stuff that Jeffrey Way does, he he does that sort of thing. Like he yeah. he uses it like with validation and stuff like that. So he injects yeah. a validator instantly. He like a lot a lot of the stuffs like centered around having these service providers for various things, and then you create one for validation, and then you basically then all you need to do is just create an array of validation rules, and then you pass that into this. Um, into this service provider that then injects the validation instance in and does it all for you. I'm so it's kind you. of done that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's quite, quite a complex, quite a complex thing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Like you say, it just depends how deep you want to go into it. But um, yeah, uh, it's quite topical actually. I've got something in the notes that's kind of related to that. So uh, well brought. Yeah, up. Well, it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with the other thing that I, I had written down, which is basically like. To you yourself, like to you two both personally, like 
do you feel like in the last sort of X amount of weeks, months, years, whatever, you've gotten better? And if so, like, what are your, do you have like benchmarks? Like, what is it that you know about yourselves, you know, that you've gotten better? Is it that you can learn things easier? Is it just the literally the amount of skills you have at your disposal? And then in line with that, like externally, like say, like bosses and stuff that aren't developers, like how can they, how can they value whether their, their developers have gotten better over time? Hmm. That's a great question. Actually, understand like what it is they're actually doing on a daily basis. It's like how how do you actually like how could you measure how you've actually whether you've improved or not as a developer? That's a great question, Fraser. I like you go first. Um, I I think the only way you can kind of gauge yourself if you're if you're getting better is by looking at your previous code and then thinking that previous code is absolute crap. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) on the topic of self, yeah, self assessment. Um, B was saying like an untechnical manager. How do they know? I guess there are only kind of mile, milestones are if if you're building stuff quicker and if stuff is coming out less buggy, I guess. Like, or did yeah. I just completely yeah. miss the question there? No, 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 no. no. You're, no you're spot on. I, I think it's a it's a rhetorical question, really. Well, it's not a rhetorical. It's a, a a question with many answers. I just I just wondered what you guys thought because you can obviously sit yeah. there and and think, oh, I'm using tools now that I wasn't using six months ago, but. So you yeah. know, are you right? Are you necessarily writing better code than you were before? You know, is it? How do you know that you definitely are? Obviously, that's the thing. Because I guess it's subjective, isn't it? Because it's not like there's mm. not like you said before. There's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And in terms of like, if you're going to write any bit of code to to accomplish anything, there's there's infinite different ways of getting there. And who's to say? Well, obviously, there's there, there are some kind of some ways are obviously better than others. But I guess it's kind of how do you? There's not like a straight line between is, one point and the other, is there? It's yeah, this is when we had Phil on the other week. This is something he was talking about. He was quite frequently referring to whether code is good or not, and I and I and I, I wanted to get him to kind of lay down his definition of what makes good code. And obviously, good code needs to work and stuff, and you know, not be repeated and stuff like that. But I was thinking, like, even on a deeper level, like going into all like these like responsibility principles and all these, you know, really all these terms that get banded around, particularly with like object-oriented programming and all that stuff. You know, is, are those the kind of things that make some code better than others? Or, well, I I think personally, like two parts to your question, I guess. But in terms of like being subjective, that like, you have to have someone review your code, and that's why you do get code reviews. But I certainly had that when I started, where I am now. But I think that was kind of like just to check that I actually could do what I said I could do. And after kind of six months, that's kind of stopped. But I would still welcome code reviews. I really would, because otherwise, how do you learn? I don't. Yeah. I can sulk with the rest of them. Like I am pretty good at sulking, and I don't like criticism, but I do acknowledge that it makes you better. So, I think that's the only way you can do it. But you can also have an honest look at your code yourself and say, like Fraser said, like, oh, what was I smoking when I wrote that? It's just crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah, even it's, then, it's still it's still open to like your own yeah. interpretation of that. All right, yeah. this code now this looks yeah. better to me. But sometimes you know, you're, you're blind to your own weaknesses and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've had I've had Ed before, so oh, why why are you doing it that way? And and I will sulk, and then I think yeah, he's right because Ed is always right. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think in terms of how do you improve? Like, I think you do get to a point where okay, you know the syntax, you know how to find what you need to do, and then I think when you get to that point, it's all about then I always say bang on about the, the craftsmanship and is your is your code clean? Is it are you doing stuff in two hundred lines that you could do in four? And you just 
you've not looked to see if there's something out there that does what you actually just spent ages doing. Um, and that's, but that's a good thing. You always want to be doing that, right? You always want to be looking back six months and thinking, oh, wow, this is much better than what I did a year ago. And, and that's, in terms of the object oriented stuff. Do you, you know, think like at a higher level people are going, oh, why has this person used an interface when they should have used a trait or, you know, to that degree or whatever? Yeah, I think perhaps, you know, the, you know, people who really take it really seriously. Um, but I think it'd be wrong for them to then slate those people. But I think it's good to debate that kind of stuff. And you're right, interfaces, traits, abstract classes, all that kind of stuff is a huge... There's no yes, no right or wrong answer in most cases. Like, it's just how you want to do it. And that's why I find design patterns really interesting. But... Yeah, again, hundred ways to skin a cat, isn't there? And who can don't say, say that? Right? Your, your cat's two yards yeah. behind you. Don't say that. <laughs> He's a bit scared now. Uh, I'm just waiting for him to pipe up. He's been very good, been very quiet. But uh, but that is a great question. Actually, it's really interesting. Um, any any listeners uh, care to venture an opinion on that? Then leave a yeah. leave a comment on this podcast or tweet one of us. I'd be interested to hear other people's well, thoughts on that one. I guess you know, for any like beginners out there, PHP the right way. And I've only really started just looking at that site now which is a bit embarrassing but thankfully i'm doing a lot of stuff that's in there but yeah that that probably is the right way to do it but again without being too much kind of like your code's good your your code's bad i wouldn't do that and the other thing is like you're saying with the object oriented stuff i think potentially you could look at some of the procedural code and say actually that code is better than that guy's oo code just because you're doing the latest things doesn't mean you're doing it right and yeah you know I've seen procedural code that looks really tight and really nice. Um, yeah, it's- it seems like it's interesting now when when I go back to build sites that aren't big enough to require a framework or anything like that. Yeah, it beca- it's become comes quite an, an interesting challenge. Like obviously being a bit further down the road now and knowing more than I did before. Like how cleanly can I write? You know, taking all the fancy frameworks out of it. Like how cleanly can you just write a simple PHP website? Yeah, that's it, and I think. Again, this is topical because some stuff I'm going to bring up in a bit, but like things like interfaces, like I, I got into them in the Java world before I did PHP, and and I still say they're a lot more powerful in, in Java because you can basically specify that data types that you expect to be given and, and what you expect to return. Where in PHP you can't do that; you can literally pass it cheese and return it whatever. There's no specification, so they're kind of. But I do think they still act as a really good contract. Um, and they can stop other people extending your class and then doing stuff you they shouldn't be. You've got to make sure they they have these methods. So, but you're right. I, I always have that debate all the time, thinking, "Oh, should I use a trait? Should I use an interface? Should I abstract class?" Or, um, at the end of the day, I guess it's what feels right to you at the moment, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, traits and interfaces aren't something that I've really used that much. But yeah, I guess when I when I eventually kind of investigate them fully, I'll I'll suddenly think, "Oh, yeah, that's something I definitely would use that for." Yeah, because I take it they're 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 obviously more than a class, aren't they? They're not just they're not just another class. They they obviously have a specific purpose. Uh, are we talking about a trait now? Sorry, trait traits interfaces anything like that. Any of these new kind of things? Um, they're, so, they're kind of set up to to make the the dry principle even clearer, aren't they? Like to I break it down even more. For an interface, it makes it easier. Uh, it's all about kind of keeping consistency in hierarchies and stuff, but. Uh, an interface, I mean, they don't really do anything other than saying, look, anything that in- implements me, they have to have these methods. So yeah. then the end programmer knows that those methods are going to be there. They have to be, or else you're going to get a, a PHP error. Uh, a trait, 
you know, it's just they kind of like, well, uh, how do we handle multiple inheritance? Because you can only extend something once, right? Same as in Java. So um, it's just a, a good way of doing that. I, I still don't fully get behind traits, but I guess, you know, it's, it's better than anything I could think of. Um, and abstract classes, yeah, I, that's a good one. I mean, difference between abstract class and traits, really. Why would you use... But then, uh, yeah, I'm not going to even to it. Trial and error, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 having that certain situation crop up in a project and and realizing that one's a better way to go over another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, but I don't know. You guys heard of the book um, Gang of Four, which sounds very unrelated to actually (laughs) what it is, but it's basically uh, apparently it's, it's it's like one of the famous books on like design patterns. But I've not read it, but. There's a lot of people out there who say, if you're in programming, you should read this book. You should have read it. So I'm going to uh, try and acquire it. But I I think, again, for anyone who's kind of intermediate developer, yeah, that'd be a really good thing to read as well as PHP the right way. What kind of things have stuck out to you then researching all this stuff? Um, well, like you said, like the dependency injection thing, like as soon as I, I watched like a, I think it was like a video from a PHP conference in London or something, and I was just like, yeah, why am I not doing it that way? That's crazy. Like, why wouldn't you want to check to see if an object's already there and and then just grab it if it is? Uh, it, there's a lot of stuff, again, that I do in Java and I don't do in PHP, and I think, well, why not? Everything's there now since, so like, PHP 5.3. Everything's there to allow you to do a lot of that stuff. So, um, But, yeah, I definitely... I want to be known. I want my reputation to be that, you know, I'm a, my code is really clean and really efficient. And that's what I'm always striding towards. And again, I, I don't practice what I preach a lot of time. But yeah, I just, I don't know, I looked at that. And then I, looked, I was reading about factory classes and a singleton pattern. And, and everyone's got their opinions when people slate these things. But like, I just get to a point where I need to keep pushing myself, keep learning more. And design patterns now seems like that's the area for me. So yeah, I definitely recommend it to you guys, you know, to, to look at as well. And I, like I said, I'm going to read that Gang of Four book and, Hopefully, learn some stuff from that before I go back to uni, before the baby's born as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall I uh, move on to the topic then? Um, Fire away. I know. I like again. I say I, I've not used a lot of this stuff, so I just thought it'd be good to look at. And for any listeners, I actually looked, and there's a lot of people on the web looking for podcasts on this, and there wasn't anything. So, either it's because it's a really boring topic, or there's just not a lot out there. But um, yeah, SPL, which. Have you guys used much? I I never have. I never. Yeah, I'm going to hold my hand up and say I'd never even heard about it until I got a text message from you this morning saying <laughs> we're going to be talking about SPL. Do some research, and uh, yeah, yeah, I've had a bit of a round day, so I I will yeah. have to no hold worries. my hand up and say I'm no. going to learn as much of this as as possible from you. I'm right there with you, man. I'm bad teachers to learn from, but yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Lou, I know you've used um, part of it, right? I've used I've used literally one of the functions SPL autoload register. Yeah, which um, when I when I started to make my own framework, which was, I don't know a little while back, I obviously rather than doing your normal standard PHP method of scanning a directory and going through all the files and including them and doing all that stuff, uh, SPL autoload register was just is a nice little function that you can pass an, an anonymous function into. Well, there's there's quite a few different ways of using it actually, but it will just basically any time you add a new a new class or a file into a directory, it'll automatically autoload it for you. Yeah, and uh, it works. It works really nicely. I've actually gone away from that now. I, I use Composer to do all my auto loading, and uh, that's even easier. But obviously, if uh, 
if you're not someone that uses Composer, then this would probably be the best way for you to do it. Yeah, I mean, like you say, you've just wrapped it up pretty well there, but basically all it does, like you say, is it's like, almost like an event listener. Every time you make a new, instantiate a new object, it just listens out and then goes and finds that class for you. But, uh, but there's a, like you say, you have to, you can either do it with an anonymous function or you can pass in a function and you can then have more fine grained control on that. Say, so, well, look, if the class doesn't exist, do this. If it doesn't, and you can just manage it a lot easier. So that's just, yeah, like you say, that's one of the functions in there, which is really nice. And But yeah, to introduce it, um, I've taken a bit of this from Wikipedia and some from the PHP docs, but yeah, the SPL is the standard PHP library. Uh, it's an extension developed by Marcus Borger. Oh, I hope I've not got that wrong. Ed's pretty crying when he listens to this. Uh, is that the guy you, <laughs> you tweeted today to try and get him to come on? Is that the fella? No, I didn't tweet oh. anyone. Oh, no, yeah, someone tweeted. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I'm interrupting. All right. That would have been good. No, that's cool. Uh, yeah, as the manual says, is a collection of interfaces and classes that are meant to solve standard problems. So I think I seem to remember you, Fraser, like, oh, maybe I dreamt this. That sounds weird. But you saying, like, one time <laughs> you did something and you realized there was, like, a function that did it for you or something like that. Or it might well, That was have been, when we were doing the, the string reverse thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ed's cat Yeah, thingies. one of Ed's, yeah. Ed's code catters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we all kind of, like, tried to do it ourselves and realize something out there did it for you and that's so often the way and actually i think like for me just looking at this spl thing yesterday and i'm sure you guys look at it and think wow there's tools in there that i actually could have found you know really useful um and again i keep saying this probably a bit unfair but php tends to like follow the java world and take a lot of stuff from that um so a lot of this stuff in here is like stuff that's already exists in java and other languages i'm just picking java as an example um but yeah, the other description I've got is basically SPR is a collection of classes and interfaces providing an API for built-in PHP functions, allowing developers to write fully object-oriented code with standard tools using PHP in a much more elegant way. Came in with 5.3. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good example of what it is. And if you look at the um, PHP documentation, oh, by the way, there's going to be a quiz at the end, so start writing notes now. <laughs> um, but it is kind of split into four kind of sections, which is... Data structures. How many? How many sections was that? Six. Split into four what? Uh, sections. What kind of sections? Data structures. Structures. Oh, this is going to be painful. Uh, iterators. Interfaces. How, how do you spell iterators? <laughs> That's one of the questions. So yeah, and, uh, and functions basically. So it is too much. It's too big a topic to discuss in one. One episode, so I've just kind of picked out some some things from here. Um, so I start off with the data structures section, and uh, uh, one of the things I took out was the SPL Priority Queue class. Have you, have you heard of Priority Queues before? Not myself, no. Fraser? No? Cool. Well, basically, I, again, I've only used it in Java, but it's a way of structuring. So you know you've got like an array, or you might sometimes end up using like array sort, right, if you need to change ordering or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, basically what this does is it allows you to order things in a collection, but you can say what the criteria is for like whether stuff is on top or at the bottom of the queue. So the way that this works is it has an, a method in it called compare, and then in that compare method you can say how that works, what the kind of algorithm is. So you might want to say you have a collection of cheeses and you want to order them by, I don't know, their, their strength of smell or whatever. So you can then define in that compare method how they're going to be ordered. 
And that's what Priority Queue does for you. It's exactly that. So it's hard to think of a real-life example, but, you know, probably something like Musical Umbrella or something like that, you, at one point or another, you could probably use that. So that's all that is, but it's really useful. Uh, SPL Fixed Array is basically just like your standard array, but you can actually set a max size to that. You set a limit, which I don't think you can do with a bog standard PHP array, but I could be wrong. But I think that's the reason like, they brought it in, that you could specify a length. And again, that's something that's taken from other languages. You well, know, just the number of items that, that, that the array will accept. Yeah, you can set, control it then. So maybe you're working with another programmer, but you don't want them to expand that array. You know, whatever reason, but you can set a limit on it. And then if someone tries to add something on top of that, then I don't know if it throws an exception or you'll get an error, but it just won't let you go over that, basically. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, another one which I, I I've never heard of, but actually I've probably used at some point or another. But uh, is the SPL doubly linked list, and basically what this does is it allows again it's it's collection based, so you can store lots of objects, but you might have like a chain of these objects, and they all have some sort of relationship to each other. So you know, like let's just say, okay, Fraser's child is Lou, and Lou's child is Kim, and Kim's child is Ed. You can then like kind of like trace your steps for, back through that collection and say... Sounds like the weirdest Jeremy Kyle episode I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, but you can actually go through and get the previous item, the next item, and, and you've got that kind of collection of nodes. So again, you know, probably never used it, probably never needed to, but you might get a project come up where that, that comes quite useful. It's, it, a lot of it's having knowledge that these things are even there. Cause exactly. I'm sure yeah. after the time, you know, we've made stuff that, that produces the same output. Yeah, it's half these things, but completely again. You know, how do you always even yeah come across? You know, how do you even know to look for something to be there? Let alone, you know, if yeah. if you're not aware of the problem being there in the first place, and you just instantly make a solution to something. How? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I and mean, it's quite often like when you look at other code bases, you see this stuff going on. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's weird. I mean, I class myself as being you know pretty efficient with PHP now, but. There's there's so many parts of the language that I've never even used. Yeah, yeah, I, that bugs me because I, I, so often. Yeah, I, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, and how often do you end up going to some ridiculous labs to, to achieve some purpose, and then you find out that something else does it for you? So that's why it's a good idea to just read through the SPL docs. I think, I, like I say, I've used it as much as you guys have. I'm not claiming to be an expert at this stuff. I've just read through uh, today trying to prepare some notes, but. Um, but the next section I've got is iterators, and I'm not going to hammer because there's loads of iterator classes in the SPL, and they all have slightly different purposes, and you can find one that does exactly what you want. But again, I've used iterators in the Java world, and all it is is basically is just, um, again, it's almost like it's a collection of items that you can iterate through and do something with. And the one that I've picked out is, this isn't strictly from the SPL, but it is kind of implements iterator class or seekable iterator class, and that's array access. And I've seen this in Magento. I know, Fraser, you've done a little bit of Magento, right? Uh, a little bit, yeah, very little. A little bit. Yeah, but sometimes if you do a print R on an object in Magento, you'll see suddenly you've got, like, you print out an object, but you've got, like, parameters that you can access almost like in array syntax. And And that's what array access does. It's like you have these methods that you have to specify, um, and through like interface style, you have to set these methods. Um, and basically what you can do then is you've got an object, but you can access its properties in array syntax. That's all it is. And again, I can't think of a real-life example why you'd want that at the moment. But 
again, like I say, it's in Magento, so obviously someone's found a, a, a need for that. Uh, so next section is, uh, okay, so that was iterators, the next one is interfaces. And again, I've just picked out another one, which is countable. And all that does, again, it's just because it's just an interface, it just forces you to have a method. And it's only one method, I think, with countable. And that method is called, I think it's just, is it count? Oh, yeah, I should have wrote that down. Yeah, it is. I've got yeah. it in front of me. Yeah. yeah, so you've just got an instance variable in your, just above your constructor, which is count. And it just keeps a count of how many elements you've got in your object. And I think it's interesting because I think that's, I'm not sure exactly, but I saw Phil Sturgeon put something about how he wants this kind of functionality to come in um, more kind of natively in PHP 6. But uh, yeah, but this certainly allows you to uh, count the elements in, a, in an object. And I've had that before, not so much in PHP, but I've had it in um, JavaScript where I've actually had to extend the prototype to allow me to count stuff in an object. Oh, I see. Rather than like, I don't know, another yeah. way of casting it to an array first or exactly. something. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, that would be useful. Yeah, yeah. That's something I could see myself using. Yeah. So, like I said, I've only picked a few things out of here. I mean, you could read through and find something that's more to your your needs. But um, yeah. And then the last section I've got really is the the function side of things. And we've talked about the SPL also register and that kind of a nicer way of like um, creating your classes rather than having this long list of require this, require that, or include this, include that. And the way that I've done in the past, just literally set some directories that I know that have got classes in them. And just say, look, every time I initialize this object to see if I can find this class in any of these folders, if not, you know, log it for an exception, whatever you want to do. Mm. And then the other, I've got three other functions that I found, which is there's one which is called class underscore parents. And I had this last week, and I, I really wish I'd have known about this. But all this does is you just so put your object inside the parentheses, and it just shows you all the parent classes that that class belongs it to. Shows, shows what's extending what, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Really useful. Yeah. And again, on the same kind of vein, really, uh, class underscore implements, and that just returns the interfaces used by a class. And uh, if Ed was here, he'd keep telling me to say class instead of class, but uh, class got class. in my head. Yeah, uh, class underscore users, uh, and that that returns the traits that are used by a class. So they're kind of tools that are really quite useful when you're debugging stuff. I find. At the risk of sounding really stupid, can I see if I mean this? There might be a really obvious answer to this, but can you extend more than one class at once? You can't, and that's that's the issue, and that's the same with Java. And yeah, I, I needed to do that the other day. Yeah, and, and that's the problem, isn't it? And that's why they brought in traits. Basically, every language has this problem: of how do they deal with multiple inheritance? Yeah, and that is, you know, a debate that will last the ages, I suspect. But you're yeah, because right. you you end up making this class extend this class to then for you then to be able to extend that first class so that you can then get that, that other class and it gets a bit yeah. gets a bit fiddly, doesn't it? If, and I you, think, if you suddenly need all those methods in this one particular class that you're in, yeah, you know, you've got to make sure they're available without obviously you know, manually bringing them in yourself anyway. I think there's certainly an argument or certainly purists who would say that extending classes should be avoided. And actually, whilst I do try and avoid it now. Yeah. Actually, I've kind of identified that as maybe bad practice in the yeah, it's that whole um, 
you know, coupling and cohesion argument yeah. again. And if you're extending classes, it can get very messy and everything's tightly coupled. But yeah, I try and I got burned by that. And it's so easy to extend a class and then you suddenly inherit all that functionality from the parent class. But actually just, if you can, maybe just make up an instance of it within that class rather than extending it. But again, that's, that's a debate, I, I guess, that a lot of people would have. Uh, and the other thing, again, the, I, you know, I kind of got this from the Java world where basically everything in, in Java is you're kind of managing things with references. So whenever you uh, reference an object, you're actually accessing it via the reference of the object rather than the actual physical object itself. And there is something, and this comes back to what you were talking about, Lou, with dependency injection, but there's a method called SPL underscore object underscore hash, and that returns the object hash ID. So what some people do with their DIC is, I've done something really simple where I've just got an array of key value pairs, and I say, well, look, if I've got this array, then store it. So I have the class name, and then I have the object. But what you could do is store it and use the hash ID, and then it becomes more efficient, I think, when you're calling in objects. I don't, I can't get too deep into that. I mean, Ed would probably know more, but it, it's just a good way of doing it. This uh, is, again, without the Mr. Township, but this yeah. is like, instead of namespacing or something like that? Or? Uh, I, it's not instead of, instead of, sorry, it's it's kind of as well as. Um, for, for a different reason? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to say, but definitely the... Dependency Injects Container would be a really good example. It'd be interesting to see if something like, um, I don't know if you hear when, when I was plugging in Pimple. I if, heard, yeah, I heard yeah, you Yeah, you guys definitely have a look at Pimple. It's like 80 lines of code or something, but it's like a, a Dependency Injector Container, open source. And that's really good. I don't know if Pimple does it this way, but you could, instead of having your class name as your uh, your key, you could have like the hash. Or I think, or maybe the other way around, maybe I've got that wrong. Maybe like the the class name would be your key and the value would be the hash, and then I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's definitely you know useful one if you're really looking for incredible efficiency. I guess yeah, it'd be interesting to see a practical example of that being used. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that is um, SPL in a nutshell, and like I say, it's a huge library. So um, you, you could spend all week looking at it, but they're well, just I couldn't a few believe how many how many uh, things there are on that list there actually. Yeah, but like you guys say, again, I don't use it, but I kind of think, oh, that's bad. I should be using it. You know, there's how much stuff is there that, that we could be using. So so I do have a little quiz. Are you guys <laughs> well, I ready? I have been taking a few nights, but not very many. Some, some buzzwords have been written down. I've got you on video, so I can see if you're Googling stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. So the, <laughs> the first one's multiple choice. and It's not first one in. You can both answer at your own pace. So no worries there. So number one, the PHP iterator class extends what class? Is it A, irresistible? Actually, I didn't actually talk about this in the podcast, so this is just going to be random guessing. Um, <laughs> Thanks, B, Mike. Sorry, man. <laughs> so A, irresistible. B, irrational. C, sequential. D, traversable. Or E, sexual. Traversable. Okay. Se- sequential. See? You go for sequential. Final answers? I can't imagine it being A or D or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Fraser, you're right. It is traversable. Oh, that, yeah. That's so annoying. That was going to be my next guess. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. I did mention this in 
in the podcast. So, what is the important oh, method I within? Come out! I said every word. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Uh, what is the important method within SPL Priority Queue that allows it to assess priority over each entry? <laughs> you guys were listening. You- can you read it again? Read, no, read me the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, is what is the important method within SPL Priority Queue that allows it to assess priority over each entry? So remember, I sent this uh, Priority yeah. Queue class, uh, and it looks at if, each entry in your collection and decides which is more compare something like that. Okay, Lou. Lou, I'm giving you the point. It's compare. Oh, happy days. Good work. Yeah. So, uh, question number three: um, What does the function class underscore uses do? Oh, it tells this you the. You talked about. Oh, yeah. Words. <laughs> I know what it's it is, but to it's... do with multiple inheritance. Yes, it is, and it is. I can't even think of the word because it's just my mind has gone blank. <laughs> is it? Does it return the methods that it uses no, or methods. Uh, it's the, not the methods? Oh God, traits. traits. Traits, yes. Yeah. Lou, you're in. Good work. Happy Number days. four. Uh, what That's version... technically my second guess. But anyway. <laughs> what version of PHP did SPL ship with? Uh, 5.3. Correct. Lou, good oh. work. Number five. Um, what is the main difference between SPL fixed array and a standard PHP array. Is that, the, <laughs> oh, uh, is that the one where you can specify a limit? Yes. Very source oh, going on. I'm, I'm just getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got an excuse. Uh, number six. Okay. What functionality does the SPL doubly linked list class provide? Nah, now you've got me. <laughs> this one is a bit tricky, to be fair. I'll give you a clue, Fraser. You put a comment in the Skype window after I give my example. Yes. <laughs> was this, the, this was the Jeremy Kyle moment. Yes. This was the one where it is the children of the class and the children of the class and the children of the class, and I can't remember what you're doing with them apart from just getting their names. Exactly. I'll give you, I'm going to give you a point for that. That's yeah, good. So, yeah, sense. basically a linked data structure that consists of a set of sequentially linked records called nodes. That's exactly what I said. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, I mean, I, that's what I took from your answer, Fraser. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah. Bang. Uh, <laughs> Number seven, how many Star Trek convections, convections conventions has Ed been to between 2000 and 2014? You should all know this. How many is it? Uh, it's multiple choice. Oh, uh, is, it, is it one so a year? So it's 14. It's, no, there's more than one a year because he goes, he goes overseas for them as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't think um, he's been this year though, is he? I don't know. But uh, it's multiple choice anyway. It's A, 18, B, 7, or C, 12? 12. Oh, so he has definitely been then. <laughs> He has, oh. yeah, he's a big fan. Yeah. Just 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 pausing a moment for a thought for Ed and what his reaction is at the minute. <laughs> I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt here and I'm gonna say seven. Seven. Uh Fraser was right with twelve. Twelve oh, Ed. Oh, Ed. I didn't realise that he was a trekkie. Oh massive. Yeah, yeah, Uber. Yeah, didn't you you brought that up in a podcast one time when Ben Ramsey was on? I'm sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, massive, huge. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Uh, How do you know that anyway? Did you just randomly say to him, "Oh, Ed, I'm going to ask you a question for no specific reason"? But how many times <laughs> precisely have you I don't been know, to? Just, just came up in conversation the other day. 
weirdly, I don't know. But uh, yeah, there we go. Well, you two must have some amazing conversations. We are pretty close, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number eight. What does the function SPL underscore object underscore hash do? This was I, I, know that, I, know, I know that one, but... Yeah. Go on, I'll let you answer then. It returns the hash of the object. It. You, you're so on the docks, aren't you? Both. No, I'm not. No, that was the last one we did. Oh, really? No, that was, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Lee, good point. And, and I wasn't with any of the other ones either. Yeah. Uh, this one I only found out about a week ago. This is nothing to do with SPL, by the way. But this is amazing and helped me out with Magento so much. But uh, what method can you use to return all methods on a class? Uh, that's, that's a say. So, what function can you use to return all methods on a class? Oh, no, I'm thinking of get divine vars. It's not that, is it? That's something totally different. Similar uh, kind of, uh, yeah. Area. Uh, just on, on, an, on an individual class. Yeah, well, on a, uh, yeah, on an individual class, and you can actually pass in an object as well. It can be a class name or an object. Is it get class methods? It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah underscore class, underscore methods. It, that is amazing. I definitely recommend that. I'm trying to think when I use, I think I used, oh, I can't remember when it was. But I, I, yeah, I definitely used that to help me debug once because I wasn't sure what, what was where. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the last two questions are not SPL related. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so number 10 is, uh, what jQuery method can you use to add an event handler to all uh, Ajax calls? So it goes to, applies to every Ajax call you make. To add an event handler? Yeah. I've used this once before. What, in, in conjunction oh. with... Crazy, you're very Ajax. Ajax. I know, like, yeah, jQuery is my, my baby, but <laughs> I haven't got a clue. I've probably, yeah, I've probably done it. But yeah. To, to add an event listener? To every single Ajax call. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, I'm gonna, you can Google it. First one to Google it and uh, find out. Actually, that won't make very good airtime. So I'll just tell you, yeah. it's uh, it's so it's just dot ajax complete. So you could, for example, do dollar, oh. and then in your parentheses document, and then just put dot ajax complete, and then you'll see you can put like uh, anonymous anonymous function in there, or passing the function, and it will just handle every ajax call you make. It will do something. I don't know if it overwrites like the local event uh, handle that you do. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it will apply to everything. Basically, I didn't even know that existed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I just, I had a project where it, like it came up and it was just really handy to to have. To be honest, it'd just be nice to have that for yeah for debugging. Like just chuck a console log in there and just log whatever the uh, exactly. The yeah, that's so. Anytime you do jQuery Ajax or whatever, you, it will call that as well and yeah. do whatever. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it works on post and get and. And the other yeah. kind of the shorthand methods as well. Of, of Fairly it certain it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're all doing the same thing under the hood, aren't yeah. they? So yeah, yeah. Uh, number eleven, CSS one here for you. Uh, uh, how do I set a style for text that is selected by a user? Oh jeez, <laughs> like I've done this before as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that question made sense, right? Never had to do it. No, me neither. I've never used I've it. not focused on Blair, two websites it? before because a client said when they highlight text, can it be a different colour? Yeah. And uh, HTML5 boilerplate also has it in uh, as a Does standard. It? Yeah. All right. Yeah, if you go to HTML5 boilerplate and highlight some text, it won't be whatever the default colour is, I think. All uh, right. But Does I it? I don't know. Is this a guessable word? Is it? Does it, it is sound guessable. like what it does? It's definitely Selection? guessable. Selection? 
Yeah. And there's something before selection. Text hyphen? No. <laughs> uh, no. It's just colon, colon, basically. Okay, right. And uh, there's a fiddle, JS fiddle there in the window for you if you wanted to see it. But uh, yeah, so that completes the quiz. So I have got uh, Lou, one, two, three, four, five. Many, many points. Two, one, two, three. Five to three. Well played, Lewis. Four. Good game for you. You're a bit rusty, mate. You've been out of your game for a That's couple right. of weeks. Right. So Actually, it was I, closer than four. Right. It was five to four, I think. No, I, dis- I disagree with that. Yeah, I, I disagree I, with I, that I, as well. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, oh. I preferred it when it was five three. Are you sure it wasn't five two? Uh, Fraser, you got traversable right. You got um, you got the SPLW linked list kind of right, and you got the Star Trek conventions right, and you got the uh, how do I set a style for text that is selected by user. So yeah, well, well, you, well I'll you take know. it. I got all of that. I didn't get all those exactly yeah, right. I, I think I kind of hinted at all the yeah. around the right answer, but never actually got it on the note. <laughs> I'll take the four points anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, cool. So it's SPL all covered, guys. So uh, yeah, well done. Well done, Mike. That was good. Yeah, very well done. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm uh... a bit wordy, but uh, there we go. It's no, a bit hard to avoid. Hopefully, that answers yeah. some questions that people had about it. Yeah, yeah. So really, that just kind of leaves us to do our usual thing. Really, just say uh, anyone who has any questions or any topics they want us to do, please send them in. We really yeah, like that. I thought that was and... cool fun last week doing the, the, the yeah. show where we were answering questions. So if we could get a couple of shows like that, I reckon. Yes. Pretty really yeah. was good actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, they're natural material as well, aren't they? It's good to yeah. to have that kind of thing because everyone's got an opinion on on each subject, haven't they? So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, by all means. Uh, yeah. Fraser, yeah, you answered that question on my behalf brilliantly last week. By the way, when the guy was uh, wondering about like how we should get into oh, it yeah, and didn't yeah. have any portfolio, yeah, thanks for that. I, yeah, because I listened you did to your, your podcast where you were talking. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was good, man. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Really yeah, I enjoyed doing that one. And. Uh, We've not had any questions in. Oh, it's not aired yet anyway, but um, yeah, definitely. I think it'd be a good feature to have one question a week on relationship advice. I'd be definitely up for that. I think that'd be developers. We'd do a yeah, good so job of that. Everyone's having relations with yeah, their more, sisters more or is like, <laughs> don't know who their baby's dad is. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll help out with that. And we can give you some horrendous life advice and uh, <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can go on and ruin when, your life. When, we're not just here for web anymore. We're here for whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, this, this show's involved. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this isn't about us anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we didn't really explain. But yeah, Ed couldn't make it tonight because he had a pretty horrific journey to London this morning. I think his train was delayed. So uh, I yeah, is he going to some kind of Mick Hucknall reunion show thing? <laughs> I think yeah. I, well, that was after work. Yeah, it was trivia called there, Simply was, Ed or something like that. Simply, Simply yeah, Ed, yeah, Simply Ed, Simply Ed. It's his his uh, tribute band, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's the lead singer. He puts on this ginger wig, and he's amazing. He's very good. Very yeah. good, yeah. yeah, yeah. He does yeah. like yeah. McCucknell. Uh, yeah. And should be tour dates coming out soon, so we'll uh, we'll definitely put them in show notes when they come out. So, yeah, That's possibly some of the most best random thinking I've ever done. <laughs> coming up with that, Mick, well, Mick Hucknell quickly led on to simply Ed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we will be back next week. Absolutely. Cheers. Take bye. care, all. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at 3devsandamaybe.com or follow us on Twitter at the number 3, Devs and a Maybe.